Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And on this April Fool's Day, we are not <laughs> playing around. It just happens to be April Fool's, uh, but uh, this is not something we exactly planned. So we're not we're not tricking anybody. We're not going to like peace out of the live stream. Uh, this is a real live stream that we are doing tonight. So uh, <laughs> happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Uh, but for this episode of Supergirl Radio, we are actually uh, going to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 premiere episode titled Rebirth. And we don't have any news. So, uh, Morgan, should we just hop into it? I feel like we've we got should, a lot to cover. We should get into it because I'm excited to see. What did we name the official description writer? <laughs> oh, I, said Ver- I think Veronica. <laughs> I, I want to see what Veronica has in store <laughs> This is a fresh new episode description from <laughs> Veronica. So let's just let's just dive into it. Let's just get into it. So here is the official description for Rebirth. Quote, as Brainiac, which technically should be Brainiac 5, but that's that's a technicality. Listen, Veronica's had like a long hiatus, okay? <laughs> She's it's trying just, to jump back into it's it. It's been a rough quarantine for, for old V. <laughs> As Brainiac lays close to death after trying to stop Lex, Supergirl and team soar in to save him, engaging in an epic bat- battle with, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, Gamine. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a whole Mirren Marin situation for me all over again. Uh, after being Beating Leviathan, a Supergirl turns her attention to Lex, who has used the Obsidian platform to brainwash half the world to love him and follow him at all costs, no matter what horrible things he does. Knowing how dangerous this makes her brother, Lena enlists the entire team, Alex, Jean, Dreamer, Kelly, and Brainiac, to help, but Supergirl realizes that the only way to truly stop Lex is is to sacrifice herself, unquote. Man, I, Veronica. I have, a, I have a question. Coming, right coming through. That was that. nice. Yes. Veronica did a great job. I feel like uh, you dusted off those cobwebs. Now, I'm hoping in the next episode or two, we get we get something in the description that doesn't happen in the episode. Just like <laughs> throw us one bone for old time's sake. <laughs> or like just one sentence. Like just do one a sentence description. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, really, Lena got Kelly involved? What did Kelly do? Did I miss? Did I miss? Uh, that part? Kelly went to Obsidian and she downloaded some kind of server That's something right. or other onto okay. A, okay. She, she downloaded it onto a hard drive, which looks like the drives that I use to edit with, where you just you the portable hard drives. Really? That's that's what you put up. It seems like that would be 
something that would not be uh, trustworthy. But that I don't know. Maybe maybe you can put that on a hard drive. I don't know. Kelly kept putting in IT tickets to get something more secure, but she never got it. <laughs> <laughs> you would think you'd put them on like an at least an encrypted hard drive. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, that's what Kelly did. Kelly, uh, she got the information from Obsidian so that they could, I guess, use it to uh, to to unbrainwash people from the the Isle of Lexi project. <laughs> I feel like there was so much happening in that scene where they're like, okay, here's the plan. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Morgan for you. And I know like for me, when I first watched, it, I've now watched it three times. I, I have a little bit of a better understanding of it, but it felt <laughs> like they were throwing a lot at us. Yeah. So I have to say I did. I had every intention of watching it again, not because I like watched it and was like, Oh my God, t- I need to experience that premiere again. But because I got done with the premiere and went, what happened? I don't understand anything. So I had every intention of going back in like the next day or so and watching it. Now, like most of my intentions didn't pan out for me. So I'm coming in with just one viewing. So let's see how much I understand. I'm guessing very little. <laughs> I, I probably won't understand much more than you did. <laughs> um, so we shall see. Uh, can you hear me okay? My uh, headphones are being wonky tonight yeah i can hear you fine i might have to finesse them a little bit but it's okay if i can't hear myself who needs to hear me (laughs) um yeah so uh there was a lot going on so what what were you most confused about oh boy yes we can start there what was i most confused about i just felt like the the whole episode was what was i um it was just cut. I felt like it was so abrupt. Everything was happening so quickly that like I would, my brain would start to recognize information and go like, okay, I think what, wait, where are we now? <laughs> like, I, I just had, didn't have a minute to like absorb anything. And they were like the, the, like the pace at which they were shooting exposition at each other. was like, everybody was like, like, on uppers and really mad at each other. It was just like, oh, <laughs> you do that, you do that. Like I totally like I forgot because so much was happening that like Kelly was sent into Obsidian for a reason. I just thought she was there to, to give Andrea kind of a weird pep talk. Like, hey, sorry, uh, you're you're a strong, independent woman. It's like, didn't she just like launch a product that almost killed everybody? Yeah, I don't know that it's her ego that needs the ups right now, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> what, was I supposed to feel? Uh, was I supposed to feel sorry for Andrea in that scene? I did, I did not. I did not at all. I like no part of me felt bad for her. They set her up all last season as a villain. Like I guess I don't know. Like we saw her backstory, and like I understand her as a character. I think a little bit, and like she's not all bad, right? But like right after they launched a VR platform that almost killed everybody, wasn't like the time for her to cry and be like, Oh, my company, like (laughs) you almost killed everybody. It doesn't seem like you care a lot about that. She's like, I don't, my dad's man at me. (laughs) Like, I don't. Okay. (laughs) She says, my father blames me for everything. Leviathan hijacking our technology, destroying our company. He said, I destroyed his legacy. And I was like, but you did, though. <laughs> but, you did all of that. But all that stuff totally happened. And then I started like, <laughs> like falling down like a rabbit hole of like, 
Wait, did I forget season, something in season five where Andrea was like a better person than because like Kelly's given her a pep talk about how she needs to like persevere and she's like a strong, independent businesswoman who who doesn't need her father's approval. But like, is is Kelly talking her into more evil? I can't tell. <laughs> like, you don't give up after the first scheme goes awry, Andre. Andre, you keep going. I was like, Kelly, should you should you be encouraging that? I thought that was really strange. One of the things that I came away from the premiere with was just how uninterested I am in Andrea Rojas. I love Julie Gonzalo. I think she's a great actress. I don't care about her storyline at all. I don't care about her. I was shocked when like towards the end of the episode, she's like, okay, back at Catco. We're going to do real journalism now, guys, real journalism. And I was like, wait, you're still you're still on this show. (laughs) Is what's happening. We're not just, we haven't, because I feel like at the end of season five, she kind of had like a whole journey and she went through a whole thing and Lena talked her down and Lena like learned an important lesson about herself and then she passed it on. She's like, hey, as a, as a sort of a morally great character myself. I understand that sometimes you're going to want to like mind control the world. It happens to us gals, but (laughs) you can't give in. And like, I felt like that was sort of the end of her story. I didn't feel like I needed more Andrea Rojas, which is again, again, I like Julie Gonzalez a lot, like Veronica Mars, Dallas, of course, but I didn't feel like we needed more Andrea. And so the find out she's like sticking around. I was like, cool. Does Ketko not have like a, I don't know, like a uh, board? <laughs> do, do they have a board of regents or something that, you know, chairmen's above her that would like kick her out of, I would kick her out of the company. I'd be you like, and you're fired. Bye-bye. Shouldn't she be terrible for their public relations? Like, shouldn't she have so. to be stepping down? I think the board is like Andrea Rojas and a bunch of like, cute succulents uh and maybe a slice of avocado toast based on her office like i don't think that there's anybody anybody else on the board <laughs> i i don't understand how she still has a job but that's just me and it, and she also said something like it was cracking me up she goes she says something like um well, we have a newspaper to put out and i was like a newspaper what? <laughs> yeah i thought the same thing she's like okay now we're focusing on hard-hitting journalism i was like could you wait? Just could we just slow it down and we talk about the business of Catco? Like, what's what's your what's your business? What's your what's your plan? Like, how do you monetize? Like, what's <laughs> let's just talk about the uh, the structure. Like, what's the hierarchy? Who's who do you do you report to anybody? Does anybody report to anybody? Does anybody have to show up for work? <laughs> Catco was a magazine. Like, it was Car- a magazine, Car- and then briefly it seemed like it was a a TV. Like they had a TV. Yeah, uh, it was a worldwide media, which uh, I think that they made to be so vague that it could be anything. Uh, but so I would I, like at some point to know, like, what's in the Catco portfolio? So is Catco like putting out cat the Catco Times? <laughs> the Catco Times Picayune. <laughs> I mean, what are, the, what, are, what are they putting out? I don't understand what it is now um i don't uh, understand anything <laughs> rogue artist uh, mentions the cat grant uh mentioned the board before and i think there was an episode in season one with uh what's his name dirk armstrong the guy who was like trying to set up cat in the uh hostile takeover episode way back in season one uh yeah i, I think maybe there were some board members in that episode so I, I don't know if i was one of them i would kick andrea rojas to the curb that's not even a question 
Oh, it's very strange. The whole uh, Catco thing was yeah. weird to me. Although I will say um, the funniest thing to me was at the end of the episode when uh, Neo was like, they they asked where Kara was. And he was I wanted Nia to be like, what do you mean she doesn't show up here? Like, we, uh, what do you What do you mean, good journalism? We don't We don't come in to work. We're really busy with stuff. But then, but like it's like it has to be the easiest thing in the world to cover for Car because she never shows up anyway. So how is it different? Like she's sure she's trapped in the Phantom Zone, but is that different than any day of the week when she just doesn't show up to work? <laughs> I yeah I, I I didn't think it was all that necessary, but Nia does give her a cover. I guess you have to cover it with William because otherwise, I guess William would ask about well, her. Well, William was really upset. Like, uh, why would Kara go on assignment without telling me? I was like, dude, she went on one date with you. You might want to <laughs> slow down. Like, you've you've had a like a combined five conversations with this person. I don't think she needs to report into you when she's do- when she's on a on fake assignment like she is every other day. She's basically just like your coworker yeah. that you you played pool with. I don't I don't know that exactly. It, it was like one date. He was like, excuse excuse me, as as Kara's boyfriend. I think it's like slow down, slow down. It's too much. It's too. What if she comes back from the Phantom Zone and William has like created like a whole relationship for <laughs> Like she comes back to her her um her apartment and he's just living there and he's like, oh hello dear. <laughs> He that, just moved uh, in while she was gone. <laughs> that would be a little creepy. I think Kara would probably think she was back in the Phantom Zone if that was the the case. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I know we're talking a lot about William right up front, um, but <laughs> which uh, I mean, the show would never talk about William this much or remember <laughs> that he exists this much. So respect but, that at least. <laughs> but Andrea also is like, you might win a Pulitzer, and I was like, what? <laughs> Why is he winning a Pulitzer now? How does everyone at Catco want to win a Pulitzer? But but Lois Lane apparently in like As, Superman and Lois hasn't gotten one yet. Don't worry. Uh, she's just been like nominated or something, but she's <laughs> never actually won it. And I think that she probably shows up for work most of the time. So I'd be mad. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's very strange. The things that they, the Catco stuff was probably, there was a lot going on, but I thought the Catco stuff was the weirdest part of the episode for well, me. It was another, it was also another, I got annoyed because it was another instance of like there being a journalism story and who gets it? Is it our main character? No. Is it like our supporting cast member who's been with us a couple seasons, who's established as a reporter? No. It's this guy Carr has been on one date with. It's like <laughs> I can't I can't wait to see what what William does next in his journalism career. That's why I tune into Supergirl. <laughs> like he he's just sucking up all the journalism storylines for all the from all the other characters. It's uh, taking and and there are three of them. There are three journalism yes. characters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Stu reminds us that Carr Car only got her Pulitzer from a combination of superpowers of Supergirl and uh, being friends with lena so that's that's basically how she it wasn't really the investigative journalism it was uh all the inside scoop that she had (laughs) somebody did make a good comment so uh miss fiction fanatic here uh has a good defense of william which is that he might be a little hurt that he was shot and in his mind he's not hurt had a word from Kara since he only saw supergirl so that okay that's a fair point that's a fair point (laughs) like if i if I had a friend who was shot 
and then just kind of didn't check in for a while, I might be a little cranky too. <laughs> uh, and speaking of CatCo employees, uh, Nicole uh, mentions Franklin and Mackenzie. I was surprised to see Mackenzie show back up. She's such yeah. a minor character, but I was like, hey, it's the chick from the, some of those other episodes. <laughs> hey, it's our girl Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie always pitches like stories that she's thought through and she's had some research for. And I respect that. Um, uh, she doesn't shows up to work. Mackenzie shows up every day and she's really thinking <laughs> ahead. She's got some fashion stories to pitch. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. I know we talked a lot about Catco. I didn't anticipate us talking a lot about Catco. But... I was like, let's get the like the least important stuff <laughs> covered right at the top. That's where the people want it. Um, yeah. So so uh, there's a lot of other stuff that happened way before the Catco stuff. Um, I guess we could talk about the Lex uh, plot, uh, the the big plot to stop Lex Luthor. What, what did you think about all that? So my first question is, is twofold. <laughs> <laughs> what was Leviathan? And are we ever going to know who the leader of Leviathan is? Or is that just done? Uh, the answer to your first question is, who cares? <laughs> the second question is, I don't think so. Um, I, I uh, think that Leviathan was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was cool that we got to see the exterior of like the layer. Like it it pulled out and, and did an aerial view of like the Leviathan layer that looked like it was in the, the core of the earth. I thought that was cool. But the way they stopped Gamemne or Gamene, however you want to pronounce her name, Marin, Mirin, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> um I thought was really too easy because she and and there was oh the cheesiest dialogue was in this episode oh it was so bad she she uh, Gamemne says you cannot kill technology but technology can kill you and I was like oh okay stop just uh, stop. first of all I, you I don't, can I don't know what you're anything. talking about Rebecca because I have a I'm getting a shirt custom printed up that says that. <laughs> Oh, with man. Just, maybe with just like the little Twitter icon. <laughs> Technology can certainly kill your spirit, though, can it? Well, that's the memory true. wasn't wrong about that. <laughs> that's true. But I, we've had this conversation before. You can unplug technology. You <laughs> can beat been... it with a bat. It's You can kill it. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if she was like, like her final play was just to show them like a bunch of cat videos. Like, <laughs> look upon me in despair. And she, it's, it's just like, it's like the internet's like a bunch of cute animal videos. <laughs> I just, I just thought and the memes. way they beat her, the way they beat her was so, it was too easy. And they beat her with the anti-life equation. Now, as far as I can remember, they, the only other time they mentioned, and if anybody in the live chat can remember uh, other specifics, but I think they mentioned the uh, the anti-life uh, equation in the bottle episode in season five. So I think that was like episode 10. So that I was like the pre previous time they mentioned the anti-life equation. And I don't think they mentioned it ever again. And then all of a sudden it shows, I, I was kind of shocked. It was like the anti-life equation. What? I, I was surprised, too, because I just watched the, you know, the HBO Max Justice League, and it's kind of a big deal no, in no, that no, no, movie. No. Zack Snyder's Justice Zach's, League. Zack Snyder's get, right. Justice League exclusive to HBO Max. We love, <laughs> we love the Max. We love here. HBO Max. We yes. love the Max. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's like a it's like a 90s place that you go to hang out. Like in That's Saved by where the they Bell. went on Saved by the Bell. Yes. 
the max. They went to the max. That's they did. They, and that's where, that's where we go to, ha- to socialize anymore. <laughs> the max. <laughs> Um, but like, so it was mentioned so much in like Zack Snyder's Justice League and it was like a big part of the plot. And so, and like, I've heard of the anti-life equation before. I always laugh because it sounds a little cheesy to me. But so when they suddenly said it, like out of nowhere, I was like, wait, did we have context for that? And then it was, it felt like a nothing. It was just like dismissed really fast. Yeah, the anti-life equation is a pretty big deal. It removes free will from people. And I can see why they would weave it into the whole VR brain, you know, mind control storyline. But it was such a like a non-entity until they needed it to to defeat the enemy. And it, I, I didn't like that at all. I thought that was it seemed to come out of nowhere and it wasn't fully explained. Um, it should have been a bigger deal pulling in the anti-life equation. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I was like, I don't, it feels like the anti-life equation, and especially it's like a big thing from DC Comics, right? Like I, so I expected it to be more than a throwaway line, um, but I guess, case or all, I don't know, that's, they were like, let's just throw the anti-life equation in there for color. <laughs> and they just <laughs> jazz it up with the anti-life equation. And and that's how Supergirl defeated Leviathan was throwing the anti-life equation at them, which I guess is a kind of a cool way to use it. It's used for a positive good instead of a, a negative, like how Dark Side would probably use it. Um, <laughs> she yeah, she hot potatoed it over to them and that that was it. It did it. <laughs> okay, I have a question about Leviathan's lair. So we we got the um the premise in season five that like Lex Luthor went into that room and he was like, oh, 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 <laughs> and so it affected him. So I assumed it was because like he was a human or whatever. Um, but then we saw other characters go in. Dreamer was affected by it. Alex was affected by it. But then Supergirl, Martian Manhunter and Magan didn't have any problems. Huh. So what what was so so why, maybe why, why did it affect some characters and not others? Maybe it has something to do and I'm doing a lot of their work for them. But maybe it has something to do with like them being aliens cuz the only but, only like the uh, well Nia's half alien but she's Yeah, half Dreamer's human. half alien. Yeah, I mean what Dreamer can and cannot do, I'm going to bring that up later cuz I laughed a lot in this episode. We'll, we'll, we will get to that. And and Brainiac uh, Brainiac 5 Brainy is an alien as well. He's a Kaluan. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. Then okay. So, so I didn't fear, understand that. My theory is not anything then, because I don't. So then I don't. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It's like, well, some people are like immediately like, oh, the radiation, and other people are like, eh, eh. <laughs> Maybe I guess if you're immune to radiation, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, but- I, I, I'm. I was checking to see in the chat if anybody had any ideas about why that might be the case. Um, Electra does say that Brainy was in the room a lot longer than everybody else soaking up the radiation more than, say, Kara, Jean, and Megan did. I mean, so, that's true, but why didn't... Because it it would affect you immediately. Like, you would step into that room and it would it would make you freak out. So I think you would know immediately if it was... <laughs> yeah that was that was a really weird one where i was like oh wait that that's not it's not a problem for them i i was confused there was no explaining uh explanation to that and so so since you mentioned dreamers abilities um (laughs) 
she she gets Brainy out of that situation in the room. So is is that where you were having uh, issues with her abilities? Well, I think I I think I screamed at that point because that ability that she gets so getting Brainy out of the room was really cool. So what she does, as far as I could understand it, again, nothing happens for more than fifteen seconds in this episode. So you had <laughs> to really you had to do that like the thing where you keep your eyes open, you stop yourself from <laughs> blinking because you could have missed some important exposition. Um, but it looked like she like fell asleep and then spirit like astral projected into the room and then was like beep bop boop and like <laughs> got him she- out. And she astral projected into the technology, like into the security oh, code. Oh, to yes, to like yes, open I the saw door. that too. Yeah, so that is so cool, right? And it's a, a neat use of her powers. It makes a certain amount of sense to me that she could do it. Not entirely. It doesn't entirely <laughs> make sense to me, but it's adjacent to what I would understand her powers to be. But she just pulls that out of nowhere. We've never seen her do that before. Okay, I think we have seen her astral project. Have uh, we? In my Google Doc notes, for, <laughs> for what it's worth. Please. Uh, uh, Nia did use astral projection in uh, Season 5, Episode 4, which was titled In Plain Sight. It's when she goes to investigate William. She finds out that William's marriage is a lie. Uh, she astral projected and followed him, uh, seeing that he got... Uh, uh, I, I can't, my notes don't even make any sense. She actually <laughs> projected to follow um, William and figure out what he was up to. So she did do that in season five. Yeah. And I'm seeing that um, it looks like Lizeth said she did the same thing in season four. Now, I don't remember either of those, obviously. Um so, so that's uh, that was the first time I had remembered seeing it. But obviously, she's done it. At least she's done it twice before. Thank God. I don't know that he just does things. <laughs> I don't know that she's ever like done it through something though. That seemed new to me. Um. um so Nicole says she astral projected from Shelly Island in season four to ionize the water molecule- molecules after Brainy. Uh, left her in, <laughs> heated her in his hypological state. So I forgot that entirely. So she's done it twice before. So that's my bad for forgetting. Yeah, she, electric. In my defense, she does random stuff a lot with her power. <laughs> and they mentioned her her ability to stop tidal waves. So th- that was in there. Uh, Electro WWF says uh, she can astral project, but it's the first time she was able to interact with the environment. Oh, and, and, and Laura says here that um, in the season four finale, when she was, she has to tell Brainy where she was taken by the anti-alien people. So she's actually done oh, this right. multiple times. So that's a hundred percent on me for being like, this is a brand new power. <laughs> well, she hadn't done it in a, in a little while. So yeah, it's uh, been a while. Yeah. And her powers aren't consistent, I think is the real problem. So anytime that she pulls something out of her, you know, her back pocket that she hasn't done in like, a couple of you know maybe a season or something like i just don't i just assume it's like a brand new um <laughs> you know tsunami power that she's got that <laughs> she's now suddenly using it did make sense though with her powers like the astral projection at least was not like and then you stop that tsunami remember that <laughs> i i know he was out for the count because he was you know being uh kind of uh messed up by the radiation but brainiac five should be able to 
mess with technology. He should be able to open the door. He should be able to do codes like with his brain in the cartoons and the animated Legion of Superheroes uh, TV show. He had like mechanical arms and stuff that would elongate. I was like, oh, you're not even trying with Brainy. You're just not even trying. The thing is that they had a whole season about technology. Yes. And you would think that Brainy would be some amount of a part of that, right? Like not even a big part, maybe even, but just a part of it. And he was not part of any of the technology stuff at all. Like he's not really like you. I forget that he should be able to do technology type things because they don't ever have him do that. He he did stuff with the anti-life equation and he uh, helped Lena, I think, with the myriad portion. But, but that was it, more that was more like smart person stuff. That was more yeah. like him and Lena going like beep bop boop on the computer yeah. versus like him being able to interface with computers. Like I want him to be able to do something that Lena Luther can't, right? Yes. So that'd be great. Um, which listen, Lena Luther, we we've established can do it all, can pull One it of all the great. off. One of the greats. But <laughs> <laughs> considering that he's like a superhero, you know, he's um like he's not a robot, right? But he's he's half say? a robot. Like a cybernetic yeah. organism, right? So how how did how did he not play a bigger part in their technology season? <laughs> he has <laughs> controlled uh, electronics before at the DEO. So it's it's strange to me that they didn't utilize him there. Um so, but he he did survive Leviathan's uh, situation in the the lair there, and he did help defeat them. Um, speaking of Leviathan and uh, that storyline from season five, so Lex Luthor decided. I, I did we know that his whole goal was to get Leviathan powers transferred into his body? Did we ever hear that? I in season don't five? <laughs> don't think they ever established that. Um, I do remember the mouse thing, but only because they like threw back to it that he was doing some experiment right. with mice. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely didn't know that he was like planning on getting superpowers. I don't think that that was established in any way. Yeah, that was surprising to me. I was like, wait, what is he doing? He's he's getting. <laughs> and so and I don't think they made it really clear because they basically said it was like Leviathan energy that he was getting pumped into him <laughs> what but, is Leviathan? but yeah well where, where were the powers coming from was that coming from ramakan was that coming from them in the bottle city was he like taking the energy from the bottle that he had su- shrunk them down into like where was he getting that <laughs> i wish it was from ramakan because then suddenly he'd be like "Ooh, i feel like i want to just like start a rock like start a garden i need to <laughs> i need to get out there and be one with nature and then instead of like the um the fortress dancing it would just be him like uh twirling in a forest to age of aquarius <laughs> <laughs> a different vibe but still you know along the same lines <laughs> so i thought that was strange uh i thought it was some of that stuff where they fought Lex, even though the CGI was pretty bad. Um, it was kind of neat, oh. like, the, you know, him in the, like, the middle of that, like, circular thing, and they were all fighting him in the in the sky. That I mean, that was kind of cool. But I, I did not, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't understand why he needed, pa- well, he, I guess he does make it clear that his whole plan is he wants to fix the planets. And I guess he needed their, their powers to do that. 
So Leslie says Lex's plan to be a god and become the the anti-monitor was a new thing. So yes, okay. they do mention a couple of times that like he either he wants to be the anti-monitor or he's going to become the anti-monitor if things go like along this track or I I think I think my brain short circuited when they had that uh, uh that CGI animation <laughs> that looked like it wasn't even nice enough that I would call it like a cutscene from a video game. I think Mario has better graphics. <laughs> it was a good idea. It just it it was not uh, it was not it Oof. did not look great. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I was like, what am I watching now? Uh, Leslie does uh, confirm that Lex got powers from the Leviathan aliens captured in the bottle. So oh, I guess, oh my I guess God, he did so have he Ramakon did, powers. He did have some Ramakon powers. Aww. <laughs> not, not anymore, there, buddy. <laughs> not, not anymore. Uh, I like the idea that like, they bottled, they literally bottled Leviathan. And then he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And they reused uh, the thing that he was, he strapped himself in to get the energy transfer. Uh, didn't Agent Liberty use that? I, I yeah, swear, I, think I, so. swear I, I remember that you, very but... clearly. I feel like it was in the, um, like, It's a Wonderful Life, Kara and it Lena. It was in the 100th episode. <laughs> it was, because I think Lena got captured. Agent the, Liberty the, maybe the, captured the romantic comedy of the Car and Lena uh, paths not taken. <laughs> <laughs> so they just they're just reusing sets now. Um, so okay, so we talked a little bit about Lex and how Leviathan. We we still know nothing about Leviathan. I'm hoping that if they do continue it, I hope we know something about uh, uh, in episode two that we'll find out about because we don't know. We still don't know who the head of Leviathan is. I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Who cares? At this point, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't even care anymore. It's like, I kind of want to know, but you don't seem to care enough to want to tease it. They definitely don't care about that. Oh, uh, people are talking about the, uh, that like pod thing that Lex got in. And Leslie said, Red Daughter was trapped in one of those tubes in quest for peace. Yeah. So, so it's been around. Uh, (laughs) are those Lex's machines? I guess he's like, I haven't used these in a while. I got to make use of this. (laughs) Listen, if you don't use them once a year, you can't write them off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They don't care about Leviathan at all is the thing. Like, and I didn't care about Leviathan at all last year. (laughs) And, 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 and Amy from the legends of tomorrow podcast doesn't care about Leviathan either because she doesn't know anything about it. Well, Amy, you know just about as much about Leviathan <laughs> as we do. <laughs> it's, true. it's really true. Uh, I just like to my theory that the head of Leviathan was going to be Lena's mom, played by Katie McGraw in a wig. And so that's that's hard to give up. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it kind of bothered me when I was watching the uh, the premiere because I started to realize, okay, in season four, we had to fight Lex at the end of season four. Then at the end of season five, we had to fight Lex at the end of season five. Now at the premiere of season six, we're still fighting Lex Luthor. Now here we I are would, in season six, still fighting Lex Luthor. I would like the head of Leviathan just to have somebody new, just to have something fresh, something different. Yeah, it's um, it's like second verse, same as the first. It's His plans aren't even all that different half the time. That's the other thing that kind of bugs me it's like it's you think that you know what he's up to and then twist it was him all along and he was pulling the strings and it's like 
okay, like we've done this like a million times. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's getting a little old to me now. I would, I would like something new. Speaking of which, uh, Lex did win, kind of, uh, in this episode. He did uh, defeat Supergirl, and she was sent to the Phantom Zone. So, Morgan, mm. what are your thoughts on Supergirl going to the Phantom Zone? I screamed. We called it. We called it. It's not the Phantom of the Opera at the <laughs> at the screen, and I had to then I had to explain to Mike that my initial thought on hearing the episode title "Phantom of the Opera" is that everybody was going to get fancy and go to the opera. Um, had a good <laughs> laugh about happen. that. It could still happen. I'm not. I'm not giving up hope. Opera is <laughs> coming. Um, no, but I could. I was excited that we for for once we have made so many predictions. Nasty Luther. Director Bones, snapper snapping at some point in his tenure. And that none of them, not one of them has come to pass. <laughs> finally, finally we call something in your face. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> I was trying to go back and figure out, because we've mentioned this several times about how we thought it would be cool if Supergirl went to the Phantom Zone over the course of Supergirl Radio's uh, a long history. Uh, but the, the latest one that I could remember us talking about it um, was from our season five pitch meeting. So would you like to revisit that just so that we can prove our point that we, we did call it so we can have proof. I would love it. And I just want to give you a heads up. There is the, the tape rewind. So don't let it scare you. Mm -hmm. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) just want to prep everybody. We're going to go back in time. So enjoy this trip uh, 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 to the past. And the other location that I would put out there would be the Phantom Zone. Now, I know that Sci-Fi's Krypton, I think, is going to be in the Phantom Zone in Season 2. So there might be a little bit of a conflict. Uh, But I think if they can get away with it, if if Sci-Fi is finished with it in Season 2, I would love to see the CW Supergirl take on the Phantom Zone and what that looks like. Because... In the Helen Slater movie, I know, Morgan, you haven't seen it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to work on that. But the Phantom Zone stuff in that movie, in the Supergirl, the movie, it, the Phantom Zone stuff is like my favorite part of that movie. It is emotionally gripping. It is uh, just devastating and what happens there. And it's just grim. And it's so I, I just love it. it. The aesthetic of it is so cool. And I would love to see what Supergirl, the TV show, uh, would do with that. Yeah, that would be so interesting. And especially because they've talked about the Phantom Zone since season one, but we've never been there. So two years ago, we talked about uh, Supergirl getting uh, sent to the Phantom Zone. So I'm glad that the show finally caught up with us. Yeah, I mean, we 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 pitched it out there. We put it out there in the universe. We said, "Here, have this." I also like that <laughs> clip for for like the uh, some of the things that we did, we accomplished. Right? I watched the movie. It you took did. a while, and <laughs> watching it took a while. It's a very very long movie, uh, but we had a, we watched it. We had a whole debate about it. Now here we are in the Phantom Zone. Now I have uh, a little bone to pick with the Phantom Zone. We don't know what it looks like yet. But it doesn't seem to look like Tron. And now I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not getting Tron vibes. I got my one. hopes up. I was hoping for Tron. She she wakes, She's in the Phantom Zone. 
nobody has neon on. I don't, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, no light up motorcycles. It's very, it's very disappointing. Uh, but she does get uh, sent to the Phantom Zone via a, a Phantom Zone projector from the fortress. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited about this because it seems like Kara will get her own story. I was actually pretty moved. Uh, there was a lot going, a lot of expo exposition all throughout this episode, but there were a couple of good character beats uh, every now and then. And the one with Kara uh, doing her legacy download uh, into the crystals, I really liked that. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that 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 made me feel for Kara, and I hadn't I hadn't felt like that in a long time. I really liked that moment. And and unfortunately, the episode around it was so frantic that you barely get the time to be like, oh, my God. She was, like, basically doing her, like, you know, last will, last will basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is super emotional. But everything around it was so insane that I had barely had time to, like, take it in. But I liked that beat for Kara. Um, and I, I like the idea of the Phantom Zone because at the very least – those Phantom Zone stories are going to be all car, right? Nobody, it's, the, oh, unless she gets overshadowed by the new friend she makes along the way. Oh. <laughs> what if she does bump into Zoltar and he's like, it's my show now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Zoltar show. But uh, it's going to be a very car-centric story in the Phantom Zone. So I am excited about that. I think it's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Andy says the only way Kara could get her own story was to literally leave the Earth and go to another dimension. So uh, I'm glad. I'm yes. glad we got there, though. <laughs> we got there. I think now that we're talking about the Phantom Zone, um, I want to get your opinion on a line that made me go "what" while we were watching, um, which is when she talks about like being in the Phantom Zone for like nearly a decade and like thinking of spending all of that time thinking about her planet being destroyed. Yeah. She says, how does time work in the phantom zone? Because it, I don't feel like this is what has been established previously. Am I wrong? <laughs> I think, I think we talked about a couple of episodes ago about how time doesn't pass in the phantom zone. So I don't even know how she would know how many years she was there. Um, but I always she, got the impression that she shot out of the Phantom Zone many, many years later, right? But, like, without realizing, like, hey, I've been stuck for... Because shouldn't she, like, I feel like that's, like, way more traumatic. She would have been, like, physically, what, like a 12 or 14-year-old, but with, like, the mind of, like, a 24, 30-year-old. You feel like that would have come into play at any point in, like, I don't know, the last six seasons or so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Supergirl says I was stuck in the Phantom Zone, replaying the destruction of my planet for nearly a decade. Um, there were a couple of things that they said in this episode that that made me think they really hadn't revisited some things. And I guess they can justify it as, oh, well, this is post crisis. This, post is, a, this is a new thing. We're just we're just doing our thing or, you know, our new thing now. So I guess they could fudge it with. We're, oh, we're just vibing. Everything's jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. So I guess the second question, my second question, based off of that, is: Do we think that when she shoots back out of the Phantom Zone eventually, I don't know, maybe she'll just stay in there. Maybe she'll make it like a cozy dirt hut or something for herself and really like zhuzh it up. But when <laughs> she comes out, do you? Is everybody going to be way older than her now? Uh, I time passes different. <laughs> I mean, probably not. 
I don't know. But, <laughs> but by their own logic, probably like. it probably should theoretically. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't think that's how they're going to, going to play it. Um, I, I'm going to the Phantom Zone uh, wiki, the Arrowverse wiki entry for the Phantom Zone. It says, Kara mm-hmm. uh, uh, says, Krypton's destruction sent a, a shockwave that knocked my pot off course and into the Phantom Zone, a region in space where time doesn't pass. I slept there for 24 years until somehow I got here. So, <laughs> Electra, years. Electra also mentioned she was supposed to be stuck there for 24 years when she landed. Cal was an adult and had become Superman. The almost a decade thing is a huge continuity error. So, yeah, yeah decades, not even a decade. Yeah, uh, Stu thinks maybe she'll come. Oh, uh, pull, oh I put up the wrong one. Um, Stu thinks that uh, she'll come back and Alex is adopted and raised a child off screen. That's how long that would be be. incredible. If she like came back and Alex is like, Oh my God, here's your nephew. And and then like a guy comes out and he's like, Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I, I guess they'll just justify it as, uh, Oh, this is post-crisis. They also did that with um, John's mention of his daughter when he has two daughters. Oh no, I didn't even notice that. Oh, crisis got rid of one of his daughters. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so either the writers really screwed up a bunch of stuff in this episode or they're this, just doing a new is, thing. This is Diggle's kids all over again. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Finally like something that. that's not Barry's fault. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, since we're talking about like uh, traveling through different dimensions and the ending battle with Lex, I have a beef to pick about these portal watches. Oh, yeah. Now everyone has one and they're just using them like crazy. <laughs> they are using them like Vibe would I, do on the Flash. I feel like I I feel like I can't remember if I tweeted it to you or if I just I like messaged you directly. It was like, have there ever been this many portals on Supergirl? Alex has a portal watch. Lex has a portal watch. Lena has a portal watch. Lillian had a portal watch and even Andrea can teleport places because of her shadow powers. Are they so like mass anybody producing, can go anywhere? <laughs> they mass producing these portal watches like yeah, suddenly everyone had one. And and they were they were porting uh, uh is porting the right word? They were teleporting into the Fortress of Solitude like it was nothing. Like yeah, how do you how do you just and and Supergirl gave Lex the coordinates for the Fortress of Solitude. Why would she do that? Why? I mean, I know she did it because like they were setting up a trap and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I just, why? I just, I couldn't get over that. I think I, what I want to know, what I want to know is when did Lena put a protocol in the Fortress of Solitude? Like, what, like, I want to know, like, was that, that had to have been post fight right so do are we to believe that at some point like lena snuck into the fortress of solitude while they were fighting she's like i hate you Kara danvers but she's like plugging in the numbers for like a, a protocol that's going to save her in the case of emergency she's just like you're such a stupid head okay all right we're going to call this the lena luther protocol <laughs> i i learned kryptonese just so i could put this in and then she like puts like a little heart at the end she's like i hate you and then she like walks out like what how did that even 
happen. <laughs> the, the, the Kryptonese used to say, I'm still mad. But, <laughs> yes! but she she went in there and she, she hope you have to change something for me real fast. <laughs> we we got to flip that Lena Luther protocol. <laughs> I, I would take that over the other scenario where she could just hack into the Fortress of Solitude's technology <laughs> remotely. Well, like, that's the worst that, option. Listen, I'm not going to say that it's all been downhill after Calyx. But let's be honest, it has been. <laughs> Where's the security of the fortress? They had a security. He was adorable and I loved him. And they <laughs> killed him. And so I feel like the rest is on them. <laughs> and the worst part about that, I didn't get, get a chance to go through all the Kryptonese, but I went through one screen cap really quickly. It made no sense. It was... It, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it does... It, it, it makes sense to me, though, because uh, I don't think Lena actually knows Kryptonese. <laughs> Doesn't Lena know you can just go to supermanhomepage.com and download the font? <laughs> download the font. Lena does not know that. Lena knows <laughs> so many other things uh, in, in this world, but she doesn't know about that font. <laughs> I thought maybe because uh, in Kryptonese, uh, every uh, letter of the alphabet, let's just say for lack of better terms, is uh, equal to something in the English alphabet. Uh, so it like you have one symbol, which is a D, one symbol, which is an F. And they didn't even have the right amount of alphabet letters <laughs> for the the English translation. So I don't even know what that was uh, supposed to be. Their inability to use Kryptonese correctly on the show drives me bonkers. <laughs> Especially since there's a font you can just there's download. No, That's, just go to Superman no homepage. <laughs> um, so uh, we have a comment that says, Lena put the protocol in when Cara, Lena, and Alex were at the fortress before the meeting with Lex. So... I mean, that, okay, I, I buy that. I like my theory better where she snuck in last <laughs> season when she was really mad, but like did it anyway because she was like, you're going to need this someday. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll thank me. Then, oh, it'll be, oh, Lena, I wish you knew the secret all along. Like she's talking to herself and she's doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was cool that like the little drone came in and uh, gave uh, Supergirl the the ability to recover from the kryptonite. I thought that was cool. The only problem with doing that is that you're never going to put Supergirl in any kind of danger ever again. Because she's always going to have that little drone to come around and save her. <laughs> um, but at least, at least this time it was like it came in with a little bit of sunlight and she was able to, uh, to, to, you know, recover from that because of it it uh, would have been nice if it if it came in dropped just like a little patch of grass just just a little grass you don't have to it's get like, fancy oh, about it thank god she's like <laughs> <laughs> slowly petting it you know uh yeah so there is that um uh i guess we could talk a little bit about alex uh, or, oh, or we're sorry, I have one, one more Lena thing, which is, uh, <laughs> I missed all of these things, by the way. Lena entered the <laughs> protocol when she was telling Kara she wouldn't let this be a suicide Oh, yeah, mission. she was. She was so, at yeah. that uh, con the That's console, true. She was little... at that console. Yeah. So she entered it then. I, I'm, uh, I'll let go of my of my theory about last season. But uh, no, I, I, I do. Uh, hang on. That makes it even worse, though, because the Fortress should have the Kryptonian font. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> the fortress doesn't even know. The fortress <laughs> is like, oh no. <laughs> anyway, what were you gonna say? I interrupted. I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say I I did like that scene um where where Lena tells Car like I'm not gonna let this be like a suicide mission for you because I think that kind of went into that sort of actual emotional beat where she's like recording her 
her last will and stuff like that in the in the oh my god how did I forget the fortress in the fortress yes um so I I liked that moment but like everything around it was so crazy <laughs> it was so crazy it, it it barely had time to breathe in a lot of scenes um so uh uh, is it okay if we move on to uh, to uh, Alex? Because there are yeah. a couple things I want to talk about. Oh my god, so much with Alex. There's so much of that eye makeup. <laughs> you know what? I I've come to realize I don't have a problem with the eyeshadow. It's it's oh. the little blue hair that I have the issue with. <laughs> so I feel like to me it's more the eyeshadow, just because it's it's so thick and so dark, and there's so much of it. It, I, it like comes all the way up to her like her eyebrow it's like it's too it's too much <laughs> i i respect the artistry it, of the it, eyeshadow <laughs> uh yes i i understand <laughs> the, the the blue the blue thing in her hair why is it there it doesn't make sense like at least it's the eyeshadow at least the eyeshadow you could kind of say okay anyone who looks at her would be like that's not alex danvers <laughs> What's going on with that? No, no, no. She knows how to put on eyeshadow. But <laughs> the blue thing in the hair is doing nothing, nothing for her superhero identity. Nothing. She, she has a hood. She has a hood that goes over the hair. And like, what's the plan? It, either she's keeping that blue streak forever now, uh, which might give her away more. Or what, she going to dye it before she goes on any kind of super adventure? I think it's related to that thing she has. Like oh, watch like she puts that on and like her eyeshadow in the hair and but stuff. Then why would she program just one strip? Just go. I don't all get it. Then I don't just get it. I don't hair. Guess. I I don't I don't. I get would be it. supportive of like a cool blue haired Alex with like a, a scary amount of eyeshadow on, like a frightening amount of eyeshadow on, just like really like kicking butt. But the one blue strand doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's a little distracting for me. Uh, it, I find that to be more of an issue than the eyeshadow. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, at least like dye like dye some some real estate on your head, right? And like not just the one strand. That would at least justify hiding the secret identity. I would get I would get that. I would buy yeah, that if you change your hair color. It can't be Alex. That girl's hair is blue. And look how much eyeshadow she has on. Uh like no, I get that. It's like the the one strand feels kind of useless. Yeah. Uh what uh, do you think of the name Sentinel? I think it's uh you know it's fitting for Alex. I, I meant to I meant to do this before we went live and I totally forgot because I think it um uh let me go a sentinel definition. I wanted to look <laughs> that up um because I thought it was pretty fitting. Uh Merriam Webster says that uh so basically a sentinel a sentinel is someone who watches over something. So I think that's a good um it's a good use of that word for her. Uh, we have a tweet about that. I guess we could talk about that now. Um, at L Vampiro, Vampiro9878 uh, asks, is the superhero name that Alex gets in this episode from the comics? And uh, New Rachel helped me out because I hadn't gotten a chance to look it up yet. But uh, New Rachel said that Alex Scott, the uh, Alan Scott, the first Green Lantern in DC Comics has used the name Sentinel. So there is Ooh. a Sentinel in DC Comics, but they've used it for uh, Alex here. And I like the story that uh, Martian Manhunter tells Alex about his friend, uh, Norcott. 
um, who used the Sentinel name on Mars. So Nora Cott is actually in DC Comics as well. So that was a good pull from uh, the comics. Uh, the only thing is I couldn't figure out. And I was wondering if you could help me with this, Morgan. Um, did, do you understand her symbol? No. <laughs> um, what is that supposed to be? Yeah, I paused it. And then I, I, I asked myself, what am I looking at? And I still like looking at the screenshot. I still don't know what what is it. Does anybody in the chat know what the symbol is? Because I also thought it was really funny that he happened to have it like on um on a thing that he could put on the wall, like custom made. Like I I hope she likes the name because <laughs> you decided you you already custom made it for. What if she's like, you know what? I, I actually had like a different name in mind. Like <laughs> as thinking about something it, else. As he's putting it in, she's like, ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, uh, Emma thinks. Uh, oops, I pulled up the wrong. Emma, Emma thinks it might uh, be a rose. Maybe uh, it. It kind of looks like you could look at it like a a flower, like like a tulip, maybe even. It kind of looks like a. I don't know Ooh. if that's a star in the middle. I don't know. Uh, Mark thinks it looks like someone decorated <laughs> a canoe paddle at summer camp. Also, a good like It does look like that. Um, um, Anthony says it's the Martian symbol for blue eyeshadow, which I believe is is solid. That's correct. That's the answer. Uh, <laughs> I think we figured it out. Uh, so uh, that's what it is. Andy thinks it looks like a wine glass, and actually, it kind of does. Yeah, I think these are all like great a stemless options. wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> Alex does. Alex does like her her drink. So he does. Uh, let's see. Uh, L dot rainbow three <laughs> says I thought it was a shovel. Uh, so that's also a good interpretation. Yeah. So I don't know what that's supposed to be. I think that they should workshop the symbol. Is the thing. It's, I think they need to work on it a little bit. Yeah. I think. I think she needs to kind of like. It's too bad Win isn't here because Win I think would be like, let's re let's rethink certain aspects of this <laughs> superhero identity. Uh, I feel like he would he would have that straightened out. He would have like that the hood situation. Take down the eyeshadow a little bit. Get her symbol that definitely means get something. rid of the the, the uh, blue streak in the hair he, he'd tell her to commit to more blue or less blue <laughs> all blue or no blue uh <laughs> rachel says uh she thinks it looks like a sheriff's badge that could also be okay, um, yeah also be an option uh so i'm glad i'm not the only one who was like <laughs> what is that? i had no idea i was like i don't even know where to begin to guess <laughs> I, and since we're talking about uh hair situations i wanted to ask you about this um uh work in it or wiggy oh, oh. uh for for audio uh, audio listeners um we're looking at a screenshot of the supergirl hologram that uh talked to lex and lillian that definitely looks like a wig to me yeah right? that looks that looks like a wig my um my guess for this season is that car is going to be in the phantom zone just long enough to grow out of bangs <laughs> but no longer so uh do you think that uh melissa may have changed her hairstyle to be no bangs and then they had to put a wig on her for continuity in the premiere i think so i think we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with like a bang situation this season <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty wiggy myself uh it normally i can take wigs if they if they look natural if it's not distracting but that one like Right off the bat, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" <laughs> uh, so it's a, uh, it's a little, it's a little too much. 
Uh, yeah. So Mark thinks uh, maybe Melissa recorded that later, but didn't have the same hair anymore. I think that's what it was. So they had to go back to the bangs. <laughs> Electra says, when we saw Car unconscious in the Phantom Zone, suddenly her bangs were gone. <laughs> <laughs> What if that's like the the worst thing that the Phantom Zone does is it changes your hairstyle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rachel says, did the Phantom Zone take away her bangs? I think so. I I'm be I'd be okay with that. I always liked Supergirl's hairstyle better when she didn't have the I was fine with the bangs, but I liked it better when she had like kind of the princess curls. I grew to I grew to accept the bangs, <laughs> but, I ne- but I never loved the bangs. So yeah. I won't be sad to see the bangs. Good, say goodbye. Yeah, I'm okay if the if the bangs get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so I guess if we uh, have to go into the to the Phantom Zone and lose the bangs, I guess I'm okay with that. What did you think about like the Lena Luther brainy situation of it all? Because both of them had sort of let's just say gray area last season. <laughs> Some of them a little worse than others. Um, And I thought that they actually handled that scene between the two of them. I think that's like the exact scene that the premiere needed because it had literally no time to have anybody be like, Lena, we're still, we still feel mixed things about you because they were like, just wasn't time for that. So having both of those characters that people are kind of like, well, you did some shady things last year, but uh, <laughs> we want to get over season five as fast as possible. So we're never going to discuss them again. Uh, I think having them in a scene together talking really helped to accomplish that sort of like wrap up of like, okay, remember when uh, Lena was briefly trending towards the dark side? <laughs> Us neither. Bye-bye. <laughs> but I, I appreciated that she was like, oh, Brainy, uh, I understand that you worked with, with my brother who is evil and everybody does know that, but I did try to mind control the world. So if we're trying to out evil each other here, I win again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Electra says, uh, I'm glad Lena pointed out that she, uh, uh, that what she did was worse than what Brainy did because it was, uh, <laughs> that is correct. I wanted to hear Lena give Brainy some more like really terrible, like therapist advice. Yeah. Like, like Brainy, see, like what you did was bad, but what you really want to do is never apologize for it. Like, <laughs> like, like the, the things that Lena Luther thinks are like normal, totally chill things. Uh, uh, like when everybody else is like, Whoa, that's weird. No, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, no, no, you're going to want to compartmentalize and never open that box. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty bad advice. I, I thought it was a great scene. Uh, there was a lot of um, technical things that Katie had to deliver. The words were <laughs> were pretty big, uh, you know, $10 words. So for her to be able to get that out, I thought was pretty impressive. But I like that. I thought that was one of the better scenes in the premiere. And yeah, uh, it was no, one of my favorites just because it felt like the like there was room to breathe in that scene and just experience the characters and like see their emotions and everybody wasn't weren't just yelling nonsense words at each other and portaling in and out of locations so that was yeah that that scene was one of my favorites definitely i felt like that was like okay okay i understand what's happening in the scene there are two people human like 
people and they're having emotions and they're talking to each other and nobody's throwing a bottle city of Leviathan at anybody else or the (laughs) anti-life equation or whatever. Like, I don't need to worry about that. Like I can just focus on the character journeys. And I feel like Supergirl like does best when it focuses on their characters. They've got a really strong cast. They've got great characters and they, they end up putting so much other stuff where like you're in this premiere, you're watching, you're like, what huh like we uh, another thing like when we were talking about you know how this premiere kind of felt overstuffed kind of like it was th- three episodes shoved together that should have been the end of a season and the because beginning of a premiere was. because it kind of was that was COVID's fault but like um uh Jean and McGann do this weird like Martian mind melds uh, apparently in space. They're like, okay, here we go. And he's all, he's really concerned about like, she's going to see everything. She's going to understand like my family and my, uh, you know, his, his one daughter, and my one daughter. I've never had two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, you know, my negative feelings about white Martians. He's really scared. And they're like, it's okay. And like, um, they do the thing in the space. Um, it's the CGI is beautiful. And then you never hear about it again. Like there's no fallout. There's no John and McGann don't have a scene afterwards where she's like, Oh, gnarly in your brain. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's, it's just, there's nothing. There's no follow up to that. And I'm not saying that there won't be, but like to set it up that heavily, like in the beginning and then have no work back around to me, it felt like, yeah. Cause there were so many things that this, you know, this episode needed to accomplish. So that just went on the back burner, but like storytelling wise, I was like, Oh, we're not going to check in on that. (laughs) Yeah. That was a pretty big deal. They went up and they, they did the, the binding and they had to like blow up some satellites to to, (laughs) to knock out some mind control. It's a pretty big deal. Um, Yeah. I don't envy what they had to do because they had to cram a whole bunch of stuff in that they couldn't get in last season. So they had to wrap all that up and pay all the, but they didn't even pay everything off, though. That's the thing that we're never going to know about Leviathan. We're, we're never going to know about Leviathan. You had one job that whole season was about Leviathan and who was the head I, of Leviathan. <laughs> I would have even accepted if, like, some lady just walked in and was like, oh, "I'm the head of Leviathan," and they immediately kill her. I'd be fine with that. That's fine. It's like, oh, <laughs> who, who was the head of Leviathan? It was Doris. Oh my god, it could have been Pam from HR. They could have just brought that round circle and then nobody would have any follow-up questions and then move along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, there was a lot they had to accomplish, but they, they did have a few good scenes where it was just characters talking to each other and having emotional beats. And I thought it was good. Uh, The, the Lena Brainy one was a standout. I thought uh, because they did have a lot in common. Uh, they both trended toward the evil side in season five. So I think it was good for them to hash that out. Uh, so there, there were some good moments like that in the episode. But it, it, I think you used the word frantic earlier. And it, it definitely was. It felt very frantic. Yeah, every scene felt like uh, every, they had just like sat everybody down and said, Okay, in this scene, I want you to speak as fast as possible. And everybody just run around, just run around. <laughs> I'm watching you go like, oh, my God, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. The show does a lot better when it focuses on in on the characters. Uh, Katie says that maybe they didn't wrap up Leviathan because their story isn't done yet. Like, what's what's the worst scenario? I can't decide. Is it that we'll never know or that it might be ongoing? <laughs> <laughs> we might is- have to get more of it. 
they have to make me care about it again because now they've sucked out all the air from it and I don't I don't care. So you yeah. gotta make you gotta make me care about it again. Like I didn't care much to begin with. They never really <laughs> gave me a huge a huge reason to care. And now they've kind of semi wrapped it up. I care less if possible. And <laughs> if they bring it back up, I'll be like, these people again? <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so, so I, I guess I'm curious, what was your, uh, just to kind of wrap up our discussion, because we have a lot of feedback we got to get to. And we have some snap judgments. Oh, yeah. So everybody get ready for that. Uh, so I guess, Morgan, what's it, what's your high point for this premiere? What's your low point? Oh, my gosh. The, I think the high point for me is either that scene of Kara recording her last will. Um, or that scene between Lena and Brainy, because I felt like we really needed to circle back around on Lena, who like her flirtation with the dark side was a huge storyline in season five that they wrapped up in the finale in about five minutes. Um, and then we got no follow up and there wasn't any time in this premiere for any follow up. So at least we got that scene with her and Brainy kind of talking about it and being like, oh, almost going Owens going evil is wild, right? Um, and I, I appreciated that. And also, I like their scenes together. I think that they tend to have good scenes together. And um, Katie and Jesse are good actors. So they really, like, they sold it. Um, so those, I think, those are my high points. My low points. Hmm. My low points, I think, were just mostly just my confusion level uh, and how it mounted throughout the episode and how many times I went, wait, what? Um, or like, did I miss something? Turns out, yes, many things. Just like um, an episode of a or or an issue of DC Rebirth. Well, that was that was the joke I think I made on Twitter, which is that like the, watching this episode was almost the exact experience I've had reading Rebirth in the comics, which is going, wait, did I miss an issue? Like <laughs> I felt like did I miss an episode? Was there an episode over the summer <laughs> that I missed? It was the same experience. So in many ways. My my negative is kind of a positive because they did tell us what we were about to what we were about to get in the title. <laughs> <laughs> they said rebirth and they delivered that experience. Yes. Uh, yeah, my high point was probably uh, Supergirl going into the Phantom Zone. I'm very excited about that. Uh, my low point, I'm going to be honest, is uh, the killing of Pencil Skirt. Oh, I'm a, pencil skirt. I'm a little upset about it. I, I feel like she was she was hastily gotten rid of. I, I think you could have done so much more with her. Uh, she did get to grow big and scary with the the pigtails. Um, she got to she got to chomp some scenery on her way out, but but I wish, I, but, I wish we had gotten more of this pencil skirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe my low point would be some of the bad dialogue. There were a couple of those. It was like. Oh. Uh, what was the other one? It was something like, what did you dream, dreamer? And it was like, <laughs> no, stop. I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream. <laughs> what if she did everything like that Les Mis song, though? Like, that's how she always reported her dreams. <laughs> that could maybe make it uh, more interesting, possibly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch that. That's, that's for the opera episode. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, figured you it can, out. You can make that work. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's going to uh, do it for our, our hour discussion. I'm sure there'll be more we talk about, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about the uh, season premiere titled Rebirth. <laughs> 
oh man, it's been so long since I've read tweets about an episode. Right? I almost forgot how to do this. <laughs> uh, at Patty Mellow 20 said, this episode was weird. Not bad though. It was nice uh, to Lena and Carr working together now that Lena knows everything. Can we never see Lex again, please? I can't take him anymore. Is Leviathan gone for good? I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> as are we all. Uh, <laughs> at a, uh, at, a underscored weird girl said, this was a very good episode. I think it would have been a really good season finale, but it was a good premiere too. I still don't get exactly what Leviathan is or who is in charge or how exactly they defeated them. But okay. <laughs> you know what? I want a weird girl to like, I-, I wish I was in school and she could just grade all my papers. It's like, I liked this. I liked this episode. I didn't understand a single thing that happened. But I'm chill. <laughs> I like I like your vibe. Uh, so so uh, she says I'm excited to see what the car in the Phantom Zone story. Uh, I'm excited to see about the car in the Phantom Zone storyline. And all I could think about when Car was dying was why the fortress doesn't have some grass for her to absorb. They need to look into that. They really do. Uh, just uh, call up your local Home Depot um, <laughs> <laughs> at uh, K. Kala- uh, collide one said uh i was so psyched to see the show come back but the writing was awful have we seen dreamer use the astral uh form before we have (laughs) um and then she's able to be solid in it i'm glad it picked up the action right away and it was great to see more of magan if this is a preview of the rest of the season maybe uh it's best it ends i love this show even with its preachy tone at times but this was really kind of painful will i watch the whole season you betcha on the plus (laughs) side (laughs) on the plus side the martian satellite scene was pretty cool and well done compared to much of the cw uh special effects and most of melissa benoist's performance was as usual great i love seeing alex fight so not all bad to be sure (laughs) (laughs) that's a good optimistic tweet I I, lo- I like how optimistic that got. I was like, this is bad, but also it could be good too. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Zandani said, honestly, I have two reactions. One, thank God they finally cleared up if Kelly knew about Carr or not. And now that we know, all I have to ask is, how did she not know? <laughs> uh, two, clearly the Phantom Zone is where you go when you want to grow out your bangs in an instant um should we talk about the kelly thing now (laughs) yeah i wanted to pull up a clip from our episode with uh with with donna chromine's the sisterhood of steel episode maybe maybe uh for the audio version i'll put i'll put this in does kelly know that car that uh cara is supergirl i does anyone know this? Because I don't. Everybody, hey, if anybody has an answer, I'd like to know. Um, one scene they'll give you, and it's like she has to know. But then another scene, it's like, well, maybe she doesn't. And if not, or if she does, why did they deny us the scene of her telling Alex she knows? Yeah, that's a big deal. It's it, it's such a huge a, deal for the show. And we shouldn't not know where she is. And I kind of feel like that's a... Unfortunately, I like the Alex and Kelly relationship. But I feel like the show doesn't always care about it so much. And that's kind of one of the, one of the, the signs is that like we don't even know if Kelly knows that Kara is Supergirl. <laughs> 
we recently discussed that last year about whether <laughs> or not Kelly knew and none of us knew. So I'm glad they at least confirmed it in this episode that she didn't know. I feel like I'm going to go back and rewatch like some of season four and season five. And I'm going to end up with more questions than answers about that, though. I'm going to be like, wait, Kelly didn't know. But what about what? But uh, at least we now have it confirmed that she doesn't know. But then Lena was like, Kelly is your person and you should tell her about the secret. I know this because I flipped out at Kara when she didn't <laughs> tell me. I, I thought that was really f- funny because we all, we all know that people are big fans of the Kara and Lena relationship and like them romantically. And the show a lot of times is like, no, 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 no we're not going to do that. But sometimes they don't do, they don't do themselves any favors when they're like, we're going to parallel <laughs> this this committed romantic relationship with this our friendship, our totally platonic friendship. <laughs> yeah, that was that was strange. Why would you why would you do that if if yeah, uh, they, they send a lot of mixed messages with that. They sure do. They sure do. <laughs> um at at super uh, Oli seventy four said, "Great start to e- to the end of season. Uh, the- great start to the end of season episode. <laughs> Finally, we know that Kelly never knew that Car is Supergirl. Yes, the Phantom Zone. Anything now is possible." Um, at L Vampiro ninety eight seventy eight asked, "Is the superhero name that Alex gets in this episode from the comics?" Yeah, and we t- we talked about that with uh, Alan Scott, uh, the first Green Lantern in DC Comics, uh, using the name Sentinel. That's really cool. Um, at DJ Writer said, a solid start with great individual moments. And of course, my favorite part were strong moments between the Danvers sisters. Yeah, there were some good Danvers sisters moments, which I was glad to see. Although at one point, Lena did interrupt them. And I was like, <laughs> can you just... Give them a minute. Can you just well, not? What if every time somebody's having like a private conversation, Lena just like kind of pops up from behind something? She, She's like, is it Mina? Is it Mina? Oh, no. <laughs> she did it again with uh, Jean and Alex at the end. She did. Like, Alex, uh, Lena, just wait uh, your turn. I like, because it, it, my theory is that now that Lena is part of Team Supergirl, she's going to be, like, too eager about it. She's going to be, like, <laughs> like really weird, like, like no social cues. And she's just going to be, like, bursting into people's private conversations, like, <gasps> Supergirl stuff? Oh, no, no, you were just. Oh, you guys were having like a, a fight for about your relationship. I'm just gonna go. Uh, but I just want her to be like really weird and awkward. Like, yeah, Supergirl, we all know the secret. And they're like, please, you need to take it down like a couple of notches. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. We're all excited you're here. <laughs> uh, at Electra WWF said, Brainy apologized for what happened with Lex, but it would have been nice to have the super friends acknowledge that they should have given him the benefit of the doubt instead of assuming the worst now that they know what he was actually trying to do. There just wasn't time. Yeah, and Nia, Nia, I think understood, and she she forgave him with that. Yeah, I feel like they made Nia like the designated super friends for yeah. like point of contact to kind of tell him that. Yeah. Um, at SL Fricky said the anti life equation is found. Can't wait for Dark Side versus Rama Khan. That would Bald. be the dream. Uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't promise me something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, bald guy with rock skin versus bald guy who control Earth should be pretty short, but epic. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's so good. 
dreamer, what'd you dream? Say that five times fast. Uh, memory of my daughter. Daughter's John. Uh, <laughs> uh, picking out a lot of things that we noticed as well. Uh, at Frank Tall Inverter said, there were good things, Lex going nuts with the arsenal, but all in all, not a great episode. Pet peeves. Supergirl fight choreography still has her standing still too much. Nia's power set needs to be defined ages ago. All around forced lazy writing to make things happen. Yeah, I mean... I, I wish they would play with Supergirl like in midair more. Like if yeah. they would have her like... I don't know. The, uh, Zack Snyder did it with Henry Cavill's Superman where sometimes he would float. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I just wish they would do s s more things like with her flight a little more. I know they probably can't do too much of that because of effects and things like that, but... If, if if she's walking around or standing a lot, it's it's weird. Like you can fly. Why don't you levitate? <laughs> it's like we don't have it in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> um at KT Walker said, so are they really committed to that eyeshadow? Uh also at this point, I'm convinced Superman and Lois is set on another earth or at least at or at a much later time because the shows aren't lining up. Oh, Superman and Lois doesn't care about this little show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think I saw Andy tweet something at us about how the fortresses are completely, totally different looking and like they not are. aligned in any way. Anyway. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I, I I don't know on Superman and Lois just yet if his fortresses of uh, Fortress of Solitude security is any better. Uh, what if Kalex is back in his? In I haven't his fortress. I haven't seen a Kalex, but I haven't watched the last two episodes of Superman and Lois. One or two. No, I I I've watched the premiere, and that's it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I want to believe that if listen, if they're going to ignore everything about Supergirl uh, except her comics lore, which they're going to borrow heavily from, um, <laughs> can we at least get Kalex back? Like. Can I feel like that's a a, a decent trade off? And and Kellex has been in Superman, like he's Superman's like Kryptonian robot, like the, yeah. the the he's a he's a robot on Krypton. So they're pals. Yeah, so. they should. He's he's like their Kryptonian, uh, the the L family uh, Kryptonian robot. So why wouldn't he be in the fortress on Superman and Lois? I'm uh, fingers crossed for for Kellex. Kellex rises. Um. At I am at I am no guitar hero said glad to have Super, Supergirl back, although it was not my favorite premiere or season finale. I'll give them a pass on it being rushed or somewhat incohesive due to COVID and Melissa's maternity leave. There are two things that really bugged me, though. The biggest one was that Kara assumed that she was going to be killed by Lex and it felt as if she just went there to be blasted by kryptonite. She should have put up some sort of fight, have some plan, even if she was indeed even if indeed she were killed at the end, unless she knew that she would be revived by the sunlight drone. Uh, I was not a fan of that scene at all. And I really want to see Kara herself really get the best Lex in the end. Second is the over-reliance on gadgets versus using Kara's powers. For example, defeating robot Gemma with a fancy flash drive. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Versus something involving Kara's powers more, although she did do some fancy acrobatics to use it, or having a gun to depower Lex before defeating him. That's a good point. Yeah, I feel like she, yeah, didn't really use her powers for anything that, like, contributed to solving the problem. 
I I guess it's good that uh, they use technology to defeat technology. That makes sense to me. Uh, but <laughs> you yeah, said you can't destroy technology. Take this flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was weird that they they spent money uh, doing heat vision effects at Lex uh, when it didn't really do anything. I know. Um, at Kenny Crowley said a good final season premiere of Supergirl had a ton of great action, intensity, and adventure. What will Team Supergirl do while Kara is trapped in the Phantom Zone? Only time will tell. The final season is underway. Yeah, so Morgan, what what are your thoughts? What are your speculations? Are are, are they gonna uh, patrol around National City uh, in the place of Supergirl? I think that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to be like, okay, while we try to get Supergirl out of the Phantom Zone, I think it's going to be like a mix of patrolling National City because there's no DEO now. They destroyed that. And you know that they wouldn't just find another government building. They just shut the whole thing down. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, they destroyed the building. I guess there goes the whole program that was in it. (laughs) Can't, Can't rebuild a building. No, we we sure can't. We can't just find another building. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that they're going to be doing a lot of like patrolling around and then also a lot of like trying to figure out how to get her out of the phantom zone. If, if it was me, I I would have uh, maybe uh, Magan put on the, the Supergirl Daft Punk suit. Ooh. And that's, and that's how you like fake it that Supergirl's still around. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> They should have to. They should definitely keep Magan around, though. I I hope, like, I know we talked about, like, oh, William and Andrea are still here. Cool. But you got to cut that fat. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Megan is somebody who I was like, yeah, please keep her around. Yeah, I think she serves a purpose. Yes. So, yeah, I would like it if she stayed around. All right. Well, we have an email from Courtney who asks... Why in the world would Kara call William to tell him she left town for the special interview for Kat? It's not like they're dating. This seems like just an awful way of trying to make the Carl William relationship happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're still trying to do that, even though how are they going to have that happen while Kara is in the phantom zone for a presumably a long stretch of time? Yeah, so this is my kind of my issue with it. Besides the uh, staggering lack of chemistry, it's just <laughs> it's just they barely did anything with it last season at all. They forgot about him for most of the season. And they brought him back, and they're like, "Crap, we needed to make a romance happen. Could we do it in an episode?" And somebody was like, "No, that wouldn't make sense." And they went shh to that person, uh, and then did it anyway. But like. So she's going to be in the Phantom Zone for a couple of episodes. So at like the most, they're going to get a half a season of romance. Is that going to be like the person that she goes out of her final season off into the sunset with? Like this random dude? (laughs) It's so weird. Like they could have just ignored it in this premiere. Yeah. They could have just act like none, none of that ever happened. And we would have been fine with it. They, they, they could have dropped it like a... Yeah, they could have dropped it like a hot potato like they did in the season two premiere with Carr and James. Which had a much bigger build up. A whole season of build up. And they were like, actually, we kissed and we were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really uh, strange to me. So I guess I guess we're still going with the Carl William thing, even though they don't have a lot of time for it. Uh, Courtney also wrote in to share some thoughts about the CJ Grant flashback for the final season, writing... Quote, Cat Grant can't be young because in the season three episode titled Midvale, <laughs> Eliza Danvers was reading one of her books. You can see it in one of the first scenes when she's at the kitchen table waiting for the girls to come down for breakfast. By then, she's already writing memoirs. 
so she's obviously an established writer. This season's flashback episode won't make any sense. Then again, Midvale was also before Crisis. I have a feeling that a lot of their mistakes that they're going to be making are just going to be... It's post-crisis, man. What are we going to do? Well, the crisis is their, like, story continuity get out of jail free card, right? Like, they're going to just ride that for, until the end of the show. They're like, oh, something doesn't make sense. Oh, it's post-crisis, man. We just live in this crazy post-crisis world. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could uh, you could try some continuity. You could try it. Just yeah. see how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really frustrating to have followed the show for five seasons up until the, now, and none of that matters anymore. Yeah. So at least try to honor some of the show, please. It's it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> Crisis has been great. <laughs> um, so Alex wrote in to say, way too many characters with way too many side storylines. They even brought Otis back for some reason. I forgot about that, by the way. I forgot that they brought Otis back. <laughs> And he did. He didn't really serve a purpose. Lillian could have handled all of that by herself. Why did Otis was, need to be there? A sight gag, basically. <laughs> I love that we lost Mercy, but we still got him just popping up occasionally. And he serves no purpose whatsoever. Oh boy. Uh, so Alex went on to say, I was hoping this last season would concentrate on Kara. I hope that will be the case, but based on this episode, I highly doubt it. It looks like they will also spend a lot of time wrapping up the growing team members' storylines. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm at the point in the season now that I'm really hopeful about the uh the Kara Phantom Zone thing. I I'm hoping this will be good for the character of Supergirl. Yeah, me too. Uh Ermgard writes uh us an email saying, quote, what a great episode. It had everything I love about the show. The Danvers sisters moments in the fortress were great, telling each other what uh what love they have for each other and uh teaming up to stop Lex. Nia and Brainy, Brainy working on their relationship, Jean and Makan fighting together, Lena fig finally figuring out why Kara has to have her secret and also saying she did so, some bad things. Uh, <laughs> Lena and Alex scenes were great. I wish we could have had more of them in the last five seasons. The writers missed an opportunity with those two. Only question is, uh, why did Dreamer's gun break, unquote? Uh, that is a great question. So when they go into the fortress, they're like, we're going to stop you, Lex. We're here and, you know, we're, we're going to take you down. And then Dr Dreamer is going to fire that um, jar. What's it called? I'm going to look that up. I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. What is that stuff called? <laughs> jar Jarhan Purium. Jar Jarhan oh, yes. Purium. That's right. Um, and it doesn't go off. Like it, it fails to go off for the first time. And then it's like the little thing is on the floor and Supergirl kicks it to Alex and Alex puts it in the gun and finally shoots it. I think it was just they had to make it fail so that later they could make it work. I think that's the only reason. That <laughs> they needed to add some dramatic tension. Yeah, I think it was just to 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 make you think the the good guys were going to going to lose. Uh, so Mary sent us an email to ask the question, did John and McGann just pray the satellites away? I rewatched the episode and I still don't get it. Oh, Mary, not the only one. I, I wasn't quite sure I was clear on how their mind melds was going to destroy the satellites. I'm a little confused on that, too. Uh, <laughs> they say that the only way to shut down Lex's satellites is to shut all of them down at the same time. So they have to do it. Uh, they have to sync it up. And they use a Martian ritual, which translates to the binding. It's called uh, Dorkri Sutra. 
and it requires the joining of minds and synchronization of thoughts. So they have to they have to uh, synchronize sure. their minds together. <laughs> And it creates a web of psychic energy that can literally bind onto things and move them in unison. So they talk about moving it, but they just ended up blowing them up. So I don't know. They could have just gone up there and like punched them. Yeah. At the same time. Oh, oh, but they had to do it at the same time. They could have had a countdown though. (laughs) Three, three, two, one, punch, punch. (laughs) But they didn't have enough people that can fly. That was That's true. That's true. So basically, they just uh, synced their minds up to destroy the satellites. Th- that makes th- that makes more sense than what I thought, which was like I was like I don't know when they sync their minds. Maybe there's like an energy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it was just they had they had to blow up the the satellites at the same time. So they they did look like they were praying though, uh, the way they were using their hands. Uh, v wrote in to say, quote, to be honest, this whole Alex being a superhero thing feels a little flat to me. She was a badass agent Danvers from the pilot episode. So I don't know why she needs a special costume with pseudo powers and gimmicks and stuff. Now it makes a, it makes it seem a little tacky in my opinion. Alex is Alex, a super cool <laughs> and hot agent vigilante. She doesn't need all the extra accoutrement. I guess it helps her visually fit in more during the group shot. So I'll concede to that. Just kind of annoying. The show feels the need to develop her aesthetically instead of by writing a decent character progression or story, unquote. That's a really great point, B. Uh, yeah. And maybe they could have done a lot more story for Alex instead of focusing on how do we make her a superhero? I, I agree. Alex was already very, very cool. She didn't really need superhero, a superhero name and uh, an indecipherable symbol for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of like what this show does, right? Like when it doesn't know what to do with a character, it's like make them a vigilante. It did that with James. It yep. did like when it had no idea what to do with him anymore because he was just a normal person, it made him into a vigilante. And I kind of feel like for the most part, the show just doesn't know what to do with normal people. And Alex isn't even like normal, normal. Like she's a cool agent. One time she escaped a tank with her only with her pants. (laughs) I've never forgotten that. That Uh, (laughs) One of the all time great moments of, of anything I've seen. But, um, but Alex Danvers like doesn't need eyeshadow a thick layer of eyeshadow in my opinion to be a superhero she's already a superhero so i don't i don't know why she needs like a fancy name or anything and yeah laura says alex needs the suit and alter ego because she isn't protected by being a government law enforcement employee anymore okay I, i guess that's that's a fair way to justify that i think to your point morgan the the characters who weren't superheroes were still great characters. James was a great character despite all the Guardian stuff. He was just a great character on his own. And, and I always thought that Alex was the, the same way. Yeah, uh, that is a good point about now that they've she's no longer a DEO employee and they destroyed the DEO. Like, I guess they do... They would need some way for her to just not be all around going like pew pew uh, as, a, <laughs> as a civilian. Pew pew. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, that's the thing I buy the most out of like the superhero thing. But it does feel like they feel like every character needs to have like a superhero name and identity and stuff like that. And it's like some of the characters can just 
be she can just be Alex Danvers. Like yeah. that is a superhero. So you think do you think William's gonna become a superhero? Oh my god, if they had more time, yes, I do think he would have. <laughs> <laughs> They've only got a season and they don't care about him at all. So I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> but ha- give them a season seven and yeah, he's gonna be like uh the, the guardian part two too too fast to guardian or something. <laughs> Um, so Gina also wrote in with some thoughts on Alex's new role as a superhero saying the one thing that really bothered me was Alex now being a superhero I thought it would be sort of temporary but now that John gave her a superhero name it's more permanent than I like the best thing about Alex Danvers is being the normal one between the sisters having to try and fight alongside Kara without having powers and using her wits and weapons to do that I didn't mind her having that alien weapon but to have a whole separate identity and a suit just crosses that line for me again maybe it's because of how thrown into the episode i felt but i almost couldn't take her seriously yep there's no turning back now she's got a superhero suit she's got the eyeshadow and she's got a name and a symbol now (laughs) she bought a giant paint can worth of blue eyeshadow and what's she gonna do (laughs) what else is she gonna do with that (laughs) she is committed to that sentinel life now uh, Daryl wrote in to ask, quote, is anyone else surprised at how much Lillian supposedly now cares about Lena? I thought she always viewed Lena as a mistake, unquote. I don't think so. I, th- I always thought that Lena, uh, that Lillian did care about Lena. She just didn't want her to know it. I always thought that Lillian cared about Lena in the only way that she could possibly care about another human being. Like that's like, that's the most that she could care. She's like, no, you don't understand. I do love you. Like, this is how I show love by trying to throw you in prison and kill all of your friends. Like that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what love is. Right. And she's and like, no, for the last time. No, it's not. And she's like, I think it is though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I always got the impression that she cared about Lena. She loved Lena. She's just not capable of love. So it's the weird twisted version that you get but uh that was probably one of the the few laughs in the episode to me was when um was when she's like you lex don't don't you kill your sister <laughs> i'm serious don't you kill your sister and he was like you can't make me do it you can't make me do what i like she, what you she want she killed mom. me first mom she killed me that i laughed so hard and then when he's leaving and he's like well you better hope that they blow up those satellites because i never put lena on the vip list <laughs> <laughs> and then when you see when the satellites start working lena's grabbing her head so he literally just never he's like yeah sure mom i'll do that i'll not kill my sister <laughs> i feel like while i'm i'm very burnt out with lex i i will admit the lex and lena the lex lena and lillian stuff is always gold like you can just you can print that it's money it's always yeah. really good yeah yeah i just wish there was less of it i wish there was so much less of it but it's <laughs> always it's always very entertaining <laughs> yes i would agree um, John sent us an email to say, congrats for calling the Kara stuck in the Phantom Zone plot. Uh, let's get the ball rolling with a director Bones appearance. This is for your year feeling hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave that email to you just so you would do that. Why? Uh, thank you. So thank you for I, 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 I set it up for you. You spiked you it. Appreciate. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, uh, let's see. Where were we? Uh, Ryan sent in an email to say, "quote I did enjoy the episode, especially how it was Lena who told Alex to tell Kelly. She mentioned how she does understand the need for the secret, but also shared that not sharing the secret can also do harm. I think it was a great moment for her character." I was frustrated, though, that we never found out who was in charge of Leviathan. While I'm glad that storyline is over, is it? 
Uh, I wish we could have gotten some closure to that, even a sentence or two explaining who it was, unquote. Uh, yeah, that would have been nice to at least even acknowledge uh, that there was somebody else to defeat. Would have been Why nice. set something up for as a mystery for an entire season to just be like, actually, we just, nah, nah we're bored <laughs> of it. We're bored. Yeah. Look, at, just reveal it then. Just tell us who it was. Make it Wait. be Talia al Ghul and then kill her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we'd rather not do the Leviathan thing. We just want to do Lex again. We had so much fun doing Lex the last two seasons. So we're just going to do Lex again. <laughs> Listen, I understand. John Cryer is amazing. Uh, if you're going to use Lex in some way, find a different way to use Lex. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's other ways. There's got to be other ways. <laughs> Other than the exact same way you use him every season. <laughs> he did have a different uh, musical taste in this he, episode. He did. He went he from went... Frank Sinatra to Queen. That was fun. That See, that's what they blew the budget on. That's why we had that <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that weird CGI scene of like, uh, do you remember those? Was it the Taiwanese animations that they used to do? Or like back in the day, it was some uh, some station in like Taiwan I want to say or or somewhere in China did these like news recreations and oh, they used yes yeah. so yes, that was what you're talking about right that was like the quality of that of that CGI <laughs> <laughs> there was like a really famous one and I can't remember what it was about they were always so but I funny. do know what you're talking about yeah yeah those were amazing I think there was like one for like the when the Tiger Woods thing happened like a, there was like a Tiger Woods one <laughs> maybe that's what I'm thinking of yeah 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 they were great oh man but yeah that's like the, <laughs> the level of quality it was it was like I was like, really? Like, just cut that scene then. <laughs> um, okay, so we received an email from uh, Katie who writes, Hello, Supergirl Radio. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now, and I just love it. I started watching Supergirl over this last summer because of quarantine, and once I was finished with this show and Legends of Tomorrow, I looked up podcasts and found yours and the Legendary Ladies podcast, which I also love. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Katie. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's always wild to me when people are like, I just started watching the show and I found your podcast. Like, it's crazy to me that we can pick up listeners like what, like six years in. It's I'm I'm always excited when we get like a new listener. I was like, what? How? <laughs> how is Welcome. it possible? Welcome, Welcome. and hello. <laughs> um, so uh, Katie goes on to say, I am rewatching Supergirl with my parents right now. And as we finish each episode, I listen to your podcast. We're about four episodes into season four and watching it post January 6th, a.k.a. the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. It hits a little differently than the first time I watched it over the summer. I know it was written a few years ago, but it appears Supergirl was on the nose with some of the building resentment in extremist American culture. So it's interesting to go back and see it again. I've interacted with you ladies via your YouTube live streams, but I wanted to officially introduce myself to you and your podcast. Thanks for all the hard work you two do. It has provided me with endless entertainment while staying home during COVID-19. All yeah. thanks, Katie. Yeah, thanks for sending in and, and letting, letting us know how you're watching. And that's really cool that you're watching Supergirl with your family. Uh, I can't decide uh, if if it's if it benefits the writing of the show to write those topical storylines, which which dates it, which, yeah. you know, you can't I mean, I guess 30 years into the future, somebody's going to watch it and they'll have maybe some historical context for some of this stuff. But maybe they don't. So I don't I, I always kind of go back and forth on that. Is it is it wise to put something that could be dated in there or is it 
is it cool to rewatch it, you know, years on down the road, knowing the historical, I, I guess you would have to know that historical context though. Yeah. Like, I guess like Katie mentioned, you know, watching it kind of took, took on a different meaning, like, you know, after, after all the events that have happened this year, oh my God, it's been such a long year. It's April. Um, but yeah, I do. I do kind of wonder about stuff like that. Yeah. Like, does it, does it date it when they decide to like do the ripped from the headlines that now that we're going into the like COVID season, like, is that <laughs> when we look back in like five or 10 years, are we going to be like, Oh, right. They were talking about COVID. That's the, yeah. The symbolism is COVID. <laughs> I think it works better with film. Like it's, it's more yeah. interesting to me to watch a film that has a historical context behind it. That, that to me is interesting, but for a TV show, I want it to be more evergreen where you can just watch it at any point And it, and it's always applicable to like the human condition, not necessarily a particular period of time. So yeah, I, I think I think good shows are really informed by the time period that they're made in, and they're saying something about like the current moment, but they're about the characters and they're about the story and they're about what the story is about. And then there's just that stuff is you know sort of woven in. I think some of our problems with the way that Supergirl has done it traditionally in the past is that they take like that theme and they're like, okay, how do we weave this character around this theme? Even if it doesn't always make sense, but I and mean, then I guess and then take the actual topical situation and put it in Supergirl, even if it doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. D does it make sense in the universe of the show? They don't ask themselves that question <laughs> almost ever. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, potato, potato, <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for all of our emails. So does everybody want to make some snap judgments? We haven't done this in a while. Oh my gosh, uh, it's so long. <laughs> so uh, let's do some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, we have a lot of snap judgments. So these are really going to literally be snap. We got we got to we, we, <laughs> we got to make them snappy. Out. <laughs> we got to make them snappy. Okay, so from Gina, too many portals or not enough portals? <laughs> uh too many portals. Too many portals. I would definitely say that. Uh scale back the portal usage. It's too easy. Uh okay, next snap judgment from Gina. Too much blue eyeshadow or not enough blue eyeshadow. <laughs> this is a good snap judgment. You know what I'm gonna go with? I'm gonna surprise everybody. Not enough. She should just like slather it on her face. Like, <laughs> did did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yes. Yes. So, <gasps> like so, like, like a blue man. Bias. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she can be like, hold on, hold on, car. I need to blue myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna do it, just go all the way. Just go all the way. Go all the way into the blue man group territory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say too much blue eyeshadow. Uh, so there is that controversial hot take okay the last snap <laughs> judgment from gina the phantom zone portrayed as an actual place or the phantom zone as being trapped in a flat square like in the christopher reeve films and on smallville so Ooh. what are you like can we I, i'm trying to see if i can pretend to be trapped in the phantom zone oh no it's my, me oh, oh, no. <laughs> so which one which one uh do you prefer well, that was so fun. I'm going with flat, flat square now. <laughs> <laughs> we could just always be like for the rest like, of the season. I like we these can be... mime vibes. No. 
<laughs> I, um, I like the Phantom Zone portrayed as an actual place, even though uh, it is fun to, to have the, the flat square. Okay, so next snap judgment from John. If we get a chance to have a final crossover with Superman and Lois, would you rather have a team up with Kara and Clark saying their goodbyes or Hope and Captain Luther's AI teaming up to kill everyone? Well, I know what I should choose, but I'm, I think I know what I'm going to choose. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go hoping that other AI, like, I, I didn't get the hope content I wanted last season. I think I never will. So this is <laughs> this is my way around that. Uh, it's gotta be the AIs teaming up to kill everyone. I know oh, yeah. Su- Superman and Supergirl should probably say goodbye to each other, <laughs> but I'd rather see AIs try to kill everybody. I think oh, that yeah. Would- that would be my preference. Okay, so from at I am no guitar hero, the first one is okay. So these these are pretty lengthy. So we're gonna really Uh-oh. have to concentrate on these. Okay. All right. So uh, in the season one finale, uh, Myriad is about to blow up everyone's heads. Would you rather see a the DEO give Kara a glorified flash drive? <laughs> she breaks into Fort Roz, finds Myriad, and uses it to deactivate it, or B. Kara just decides to lift Fort Roz and chuck it into space. Uh, which hmm. one do you think is better? Well, I love me a good flash drive. I can't lie. But <laughs> I think chucking it into space would have been more cinematic. Yeah, I, I think this was maybe a little bit of a dig at uh, Kelly Olsen's <laughs> <laughs> flash drive contribution <laughs> to, to, to the uh, plot here. I, I liked uh, Kara uh, lifting up Fort Roz and chucking it into space. It was a it was something only Supergirl could do. So I appreciated that. Okay, the next one from I Am No Guitar Hero. Okay, so season two, Exodus. A spaceship is about to send Alex and all alien refugees to the other side of the galaxy. Would you rather see A, when give Kara a means to disable the engines, she catches up to the spacecraft, defeats some defenses, and disables the engine with Wynn's gadget. Or B, spacecraft is well protected, so Kara pushes back with all her might across the window from Alex to boot, determined to stop the aircraft from leaving. After a titanic struggle, the spacecraft engines give out, and Kara has saved everyone. Uh, This also seems like a little (sighs) bit of a dig to all the gadgets that were used in the fortress, so uh, which one would you pick? Well, we know that that everybody loves a good gadget, but I think (laughs) that moment with the the hands on the window, oh, my heart breaks just thinking about it. I think think we can still do some more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So obviously I'm going to pick that one. (laughs) Yes. uh, That's one of the best scenes in all of uh, Supergirl TV uh, history is the, the scene from Exodus when they put their hands up on the the glass. So uh, that's the one I would pick. Okay. The last one from I am no guitar hero season five crisis final fight with the anti-monitor. Car is about to mount an all attack, uh, an all out attack on the anti monitor to save <laughs> Cal. Would you rather a have Car be stopped mid flight by Ray Palmer to give her a gadget that she throws at the anti monitor from a distance, or b have Car lay down a couple good ones on the anti monitor so that she destroys some of his armor and then the team is able to use whatever to finish him off? Hmm. Would you pick? I'm seeing some trends in these. <laughs> I don't, not a big I don't wanna, fan of the gadgets. I, I don't want to say that not a big fan of the gadgets, but um, obviously the second one is, again, more fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like to see uh, Supergirl punch the, anti- the anti-monitor. I'd be into that. Uh, so interesting snap judgments. Okay, 
So uh, the next two are from Ryan. Would you rather it be Alex or Lena who is sent into the Phantom Zone with the premise that Kara would need to rescue them? Ooh. Oh, no, this is a hard one. Uh, oh, geez. I think Lena, just because there's been so many, so much like drama between the two of them recently i feel like they could use their time in the phantom zone productively to talk some stuff out <laughs> see i would put alex in there this is That's the final this is the final season of supergirl i want all the danver sisters that i can get and i think it would be cool to see alex and Kara have to to fight their way out of that i would rather see alex there yeah the danver sisters does just feel right yeah so the uh, next one is, instead of Akrata saving Catco herself, would you have Cat Grant buy Catco Worldwide Media back to save it or have some clause where if the owner loses control of Catco, it is transferred to Kara? <laughs> um, oh, man. Kara as CEO of Catco. I imagine that would be amazing because she'd be like, I don't know what this is. And then she would just walk <laughs> Like I, I would pay money to have her in a board meeting with like a bunch of like stuffy old guys going like mm, these projections. And then she's like, hold on, I got to go. <laughs> and then she just leaves. And like one of the guys is like, is she is she not going to come back? <laughs> um, but I think I would, you know, that's really funny. It doesn't make any sense in the show. So I'm going to go with Cat Grant buying it back. I, I've always liked the idea that Carl would be the Cat Grant by the end of the season. So I'm I'm going to say uh, that it, Cat Co. is left to Kara to run. So that's that's where I would go. Okay. So our last snap judgments, Morgan. That yeah. we're, we're christening in a new season of Supergirl with some snaps from Anna. So Anna. Everybody Anna. get ready. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Anna, are these going to make me sad, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one from Anna. All right, these are pretty, these are like paragraph long snap judgments. So just strap in. Anna paints a picture. <laughs> <laughs> when Kara was recording her death goodbyes in the crystals, what most likely happened? <laughs> At one point early on, she, all right, so I think this is the first option. At it, one it doesn't point, seem like this is going to be cheerful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> death goodbyes don't really indicate something good. All right, so the first option is at one point early on, she gets sidetracked and goes into detail about all her favorite friendship moments with Lena and how great she thinks Lena is. Or in the one crystal dedicated to Lena, Kara reveals that she is deeply and secretly secretly in love with Lena and cannot Ooh. die in peace without Lena knowing her truth. Hmm. I'm going to go the second one. That's good drama. That is good <laughs> drama. And then, and then, you know, like they, they don't watch them cause it's like her last will. But then like when they're trying to figure out how to get her out of the phantom zone, they're like, maybe there's something in the crystals and then they watch it and everybody's like dead silent. Everybody feels real weird that they watch that. <laughs> and Lena's like, Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's an interesting one that could, uh, have a lot of drama for sure. I think I would pick the first one though. Uh, but I, cause I think that's more in line with, uh, Kara believing in Lena and how good she is. So I think that I think that's what I would go with. Okay, the second one. There's there's three of these from Anna. Okay. So here's the second one. This one's gonna be cheerful. I know it. <laughs> cross your cross your fingers. Okay, what is Lena more likely going to do now that Kara is oh, no. gone? <laughs> okay, this is the first option. Build a new robot friend who looks just like Kara, who repeats <laughs> phrases such as "I trust you with all my secrets" and "You're my favorite person in the galaxy" on repeat. Or here's the second option. 
cry herself to sleep every night until one night when she can't take it anymore and climbs to the top of El Corp and slowly walks to the ledge. Whoa. And Whoa. lets herself <laughs> fall backwards down to the street below, hoping deep down it will make Supergirl finally show up again and save her. Ooh, that got well, that got dark real fast when she goes to the ledge. That's that second one could maybe not end up good for her if no. Supergirl's not back from the Phantom Zone. Not does she have hoping. does she have Magan on speed dial? I hope. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the first one and not you know because I don't want to see anything bad happen to Lena, but also my love of robots is well established. It, yeah, she she builds a new robot friend that looks like Kara. I'm into that. But uh, then but then she accidentally downloads the Hope AI into it. So now <laughs> suddenly it's like, hello, Lena, I believe in you. Should we kill Supergirl today? <laughs> but but she looks like Supergirl, so that would be a real and conflict. Then, and then like the, the robot turns and looks in the mirror and goes, oh my God, what <laughs> have I become? And she has like a whole existential crisis. <laughs> I mean, the stories write themselves. That's 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 the one, the first one, obviously. Okay, so this is the uh, this is going to be a real real uh, thinker on the, this third <laughs> one from Anna. Okay, what would make Anna happiest? Just, okay. So you got to look at this from Anna's Anna. Point we're, of view. we're putting ourselves in Anna's shoes here. Right. All right. right. Okay. So here's the first one: Kara <laughs> in the Phantom Zone, having to relive visions of all her memories over and over again of losing Lena as she sobs and slowly loses her sanity. Or Lena finds a way to rescue Kara, but when she finally shows up, Kara has just died. And <gasps> Lena, who just ate a bunch of grass, <laughs> has to kiss Kara to bring her back to life. So what? the twist about the issues just happened. I just happened to have this huge bowl of grass right before <laughs> I came here. What are the odds? Okay, what what would make Anna happiest? I have to think it's the grass. That's it's too the funny. One. Yeah, no, it's the second one. Uh, so uh, she just happened to have some grass right before that, and she she ate it. Oh, I oh no, I still have this grass taste in my mouth. Tastes like a summer's day. No, why was she eating grass though? Why That's my question. Grass? Now I have now I'm worried about Lena again because she shouldn't just be eating grass. It's not good for you. Lena Luther's like a like a billionaire. Shouldn't <laughs> she afford some some good meals? I feel like she can eat something better than grass. That's what that's what my mom's dog does when he wants to puke. <laughs> <laughs> So there's some better op food options, yeah. I think, for Lena. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> At well, least I think have yourself a green juice, Lena. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. mix it up with some with some fruit uh, and some veggies. That'd be great. All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap us up on Snap Judgments. So I'll play the ad outro. We'll uh, we'll get out of here. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. Okay, well, that is going to wrap up our uh, season six uh, premiere episode. It's kind of strange talking about the, oh uh, the episodes again. I can't um, believe we watched an episode of Supergirl uh, and a new podcasting about that episode of Supergirl. It's wild. It feels weird. It's, what it's is new, time? <laughs> new and different, but it's it's good to be back into it. But uh, uh, before we get out of here, let's get to some plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can find links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of some new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark, you can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. Um, and speaking of those DCTV Podcasts T Public Store, uh, we've got some Fortress and Martian Manhunter designs. So if you were like, love that Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> love those Tron vibes, look at that shirt. <laughs> that shirt was what I wanted for the Fortress. <laughs> you, yeah. that, you can buy the shirt of my dreams, the Tron Fortress of Solitude shirt. <laughs> Yeah, we've got some, uh, we've, we got a couple of Martian Manhunter designs in there, and we've uh, got a Fortress one in there as well. So definitely go check out the T Public store. There should be a link in the video description. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, I think we just had a sale, but keep your eye on it. We'll try to let everybody know when there's another sale uh, coming up. And we would like to thank our super sponsors, our Legion of Super Sponsors, for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. That would be Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, the Supergirl Radio Legal Consultant, Abby, Ermgard, <laughs> Miriam, Cherie, uh, Donna, Nicole, and Deb. I think I got everybody, but if I didn't, let me know. Uh, if you would like to become a legion of super sponsor like those fine people there. Uh, you can go and check us out at patreon.com slash radio. We have four tiers of monthly memberships and we appreciate you helping uh, keep the lights on, on the podcast. And uh, we have some exclusive things that we'll uh, be putting out just for Patreon supporters. So if you want to just get some extra Supergirl Radio, if you just want some more from us, uh, you can uh, check us out there and uh, support us if you would like to do so. We got some great bonus content. You can meet my cats. You can see what I thought about a Batman, the mask of the phantasm. phantasm? Yes. The mask of the phantasm. Uh, yeah. I've, I've done a couple editing videos. Uh, I think maybe uh, this week we'll discuss the Aussie test by uh, 
therapy uh, question <laughs> about which characters on the show need therapy the most. So maybe that is what we will talk about for this week's bonus content. <laughs> uh, so if you want to go check us out, uh, do uh, check us out at patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, so I take pictures occasionally there. You can check me out there. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel, a personal YouTube channel at uh, Duck Milk Prod. Uh, the, the trailer there explains what the Duck Milk Prod uh, is about. If you're like, what the heck is that? Uh, I do some Snyder Cut stuff there. I have some Batman v Superman videos. Uh, I have travel videos. I have convention videos. I have a lot of like a lot of mix of a lot of things. But if you want to go check out my uh, personal YouTube channel, you can check me out there. Uh, I am also the voice of a character named Leanne Snyder on a podcast called The Fakest, which you can check out at the thefakest.com. Morgan is also a couple Ooh. of voices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might hear her uh, cackling with uh, Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast <laughs> there. Some familiar voices on The Fakest. I got to do a really fun, crazy witch voice, which <laughs> uh, I, I won't even attempt now. But it is, I was like, oh, boy, what is this voice? Um, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm a voice actress. I'm not sure that's one of my many gifts. But uh, it was definitely fun to do. So you should check that out. You should definitely just subscribe to The Fakest because I think Bill is now scheduling some of the final episodes. So I yeah. think we're... I, I mean, Rebecca's definitely going to be in it. I think I'm going to pop up, uh, bring out my witchy powers again. <laughs> Morgan is downplaying her acting abilities. She's really great. And I, I know this sounds terrible, but I was listening to one of the episodes uh, yesterday on a commute. And I, I laughed at something I said, which I felt <laughs> like was really egotistical for me to do. But there's a whole setup of uh, Paul Defoe has a new assistant that nobody had ever talked about before. Like he just like randomly showed up. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, the premise was no, like you as the audience had never met Carl before. But uh, my character says something like classic Carl, like he had been there the whole time. <laughs> and like I heard it and I made myself laugh at it. But I think that's more about Bill's Bill's writing. Bill makes I, is a very I good think writer. You're also underselling your your voice acting abilities. No, no. Because I think Leanne is Leanne is the heart of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying so. Uh, but uh, but Morgan is very good. So definitely check out the fakest and uh, follow us there. Uh, I also recently just uh, helped out Andy Babact of the Fa the Flash podcast. Uh, we interviewed Darkseid himself on this very YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube right now, youtube.com slash Doug Milk, uh, not Doug Milk Prod. That's my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, DC TV podcast is where you can find this. Uh, we interviewed Ray Porter, who is the uh, the actor who played Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So if you are interested in that, you can check out that video on uh, the YouTube channel that you may or may not be watching right now. Uh, it was a good interview. And uh, I, uh, I think we really uncovered some things about Darkseid. We also looked at Steppenwolf memes with him uh, <laughs> did you look at the one with the like the little sad cat no oh, the 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 kitties the stepping kitty yes. uh the the grogu the baby grogu yeah baby grogu one yeah uh, my Don't favorite one, one. I, I didn't pop it in here but there was one that compared steppenwolf with his bare shoulders to lena luther and her, her bare <laughs> i've seen that yeah you sent me that one i was dying that's that's the best steppenwolf meme uh <laughs> who wore it better with the the shoulders out <laughs> that was that was my favorite steppenwolf uh boardroom or ballroom 
<laughs> Very important. So that's good stuff. Um, well, uh, I think the only other thing I want to mention is I'm also a contributor to Justice League Universe podcast. So if you if you're watching that Dark Side interview and you want more uh, DC Films content, uh, go check out D Justice League Universe podcast because we, we are analyzing Zack Snyder's Justice League now. So go check that out. Very cool. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, I think we are either this week or next week. I think we're recording something special for the Patreon, for our Patreon subscribers. So if you're not a Legends of Tomorrow Patreon and subscriber, you can go to patreon.com slash Legends of Tomorrow podcast and you can get right in there on the ground floor before we drop our first Patreon exclusive episode. Uh, but we also have some, I think we're going to throw back a little bit to season one uh, during this hiatus before Legends comes back. And I think we're going to try to recap season five and try to remember what happened in it. What was that about season five? <laughs> um, we all have questions. None of us remember. So we're going to try to do some what we call research and homework. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to maybe involve watching something, maybe Googling. Definitely a Wikipedia is going to be involved. <laughs> Unfortunately, history.com has no information for us on this one. Uh, that's usually our go-to. Uh, <laughs> so you should subscribe to the podcast is the long and short of it because we're going to have some new episodes dropping in April uh, going up to the uh, the premiere of Legend Season 6 in May. So that's some good stuff. And uh, you can also find me as a co-host on DC TV After Dark. Um, <laughs> we had a familiar face on our last episode of DC TV After Dark. It was our very own Rebecca. Uh, who joined us to talk about all kinds of stuff. We talked about Batman, talked about the CW shows, talked to the little Supergirl. We made her do some instant stories. So we had like some all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and, and Sarah and I are not on what you would call a traditional uh, schedule. So <laughs> we sort of, we sort of podcast as the feeling like takes hold of us. Um, <laughs> and, and as we remember like, Oh no, we have to do one. Um, so the best way to find out if there's a new DC TV after dark about to drop is to just subscribe really wherever you find podcasts. Um, and then one day it'll just pop up and you'll go, Hey, look at that. It's a new episode. Uh, and then we'll try to remember to tell other people that it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I made up a story, if I remember correctly, that uh, Laurel Lance had uh, broken her leg or something on a skiing trip and Oliver Queen just <laughs> skied right past her. Right past. Uh, so so you'll you'll hear more about that if you listen to DCTV After Dark. Um, uh, stuff. Mark points out that we tried really hard to, to make Rebecca swear, but she wouldn't give in. <laughs> no, they, they gave it their best uh, effort. But I just, I, I don't, I just don't feel the need much anymore. And it, it would be weird if I did it. Honestly, your swear word was, was the favorite swear word I've gotten on DC After Dark. Just well, every, everybody just says the same originality. Thing. Yeah, yeah, everybody <laughs> says this. I, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. So it just, wait, wait, if I ever did it, it would sound weird coming out of my mouth. So I just. I just don't do it. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a good podcast that everybody should be listening to. Lots of good stuff. Um, and 
I hope uh, you do them more frequently because uh, they're great. I like. I'm a big fan of well, DC thank TV you. After Dark. We're gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I wanted to answer one question I saw from Nicole up here. Uh, uh, she asks, "Are we doing this every episode? Love the live stream format. Thank you for the feedback on that. Thank you. Uh, I I want to do live streaming as much as Morgan will uh, allow <laughs> us to do it. <laughs> so I think we're probably gonna give it a try and see if we can." if we can pull it off it's honestly not it's not much different than how we used to record the podcast honestly except that i have to be aware that like i'm talking on screen you get to see how many times i do this with my hands oh i talk with my hands all the time i'm like half italian so i I can't stop it uh (laughs) i've tried uh so so, i mean if you want that experience I, i think we're gonna try to do more live streams this season maybe like maybe every episode yeah, uh, so we'll we'll let you guys know when uh, things are happening. But yeah, I think we're going to do live streaming in perpetuity. Is that the good way to use that word? I don't know. I think, yeah, that seems that seems right. Forever. <laughs> Forever and ever until, you, and you, until YouTube and Facebook no longer exist and we cannot do it. Uh, so I think that's the plan for right now. But we'll let you guys know if anything changes. Uh, but until then, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. We're back at it. We're back yeah. at it with the episodes. Uh, but until next uh, week with uh, episode two, of season six. Uh, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And I guess we too have started our legacy download. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Is Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.